0: Good Monday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller. Thank you kindly for joining us on the I Love Seville show. It's great to be with you um, on the last Monday of January in 2024. Shocking. Time is flying right before our eyes. A lot to cover on today's program, including, I mean, I just, you know, I'm surprised. It's, 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 it even takes me aback to say this. The Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority, um, is about to spend $2,650,000 to purchase a building on the downtown mall. The old location and headquarters, the old restaurant of Vita Nova. Henry's restaurant used to be in the basement of that building. That particular location, I think, was the home, in fact, I know was the home at one time for the uh, escape room. That building's been on the market for a while. It's got an elevator in there. Elevator buildings are challenging. I know for firsthand as the largest owner in the Macklin building on Market Street that also has an elevator. I'm gonna ask you a very pointed question and I don't want this question, you know what? This question's gonna rub people the wrong way and it's, it's, it's fair commentary. The downtown mall is what, Judah? Eight blocks, two-shot yourself in. What do we call it, eight blocks?
1: Yeah, it's about eight blocks.
0: Wouldn't you say? I think so. From the Omni to the Pavilion? Yeah. Very limited buildings on the downtown mall. Maybe Deep Throw can answer this question for me if he's watching. Maybe Neil Williamson can answer this question for me if he's watching. John Blair, if he's watching, maybe can answer this question for me. How many buildings would you say is on the downtown mall? Oh, I mean, it's very difficult to say. I don't know it off the top of my head. Yeah. But a limited stock.
1: I'd say maybe, uh, let's see.
0: We, I would even, it not it even like, sure how to guess that.
1: I'd put it at like maybe 10 per block if you're counting both
0: sides. Okay. That sound reasonable? I, I, I wouldn't be able to wager a guess on this. This would be a yeah. fantastic prop bet, <laughs> one that I would not feel like I would have the upper hand on this particular one. So you're saying it's how many buildings? I mean, I guess... You're like saying 160? Yeah, 160 to 180 maybe. Okay. I, any, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. I don't think many even in this community know what the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority is. I don't think they know the acronym CRHA. I don't mm-hmm. think they have much of an idea of what CRHA does. And right now, we're on the cusp of watching the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority, which I'm going to unpack this just from a common sense perspective, of spending $2,650,000 to purchase a building on the downtown mall, a building that is not set up to be converted to housing by any means. I'll unpack that for you, why it's not a good building for housing. I'll unpack for you why it's a building that is in rough shape right now, I'll unpack for you why it's a building that I'm not even sure makes a great office conversion project. And I'm going to do it from many different aspects. I'm going to do it from the aspect of a local that walks up and down the downtown mall. Do you want a redevelopment and housing authority on the eight blocks that we call Charlottesville that are the heartbeat of the community that are supposed to attract locals tourists, and students alike through restaurants, through shopping, through music, and through omni-experiential activities like escape rooms or arcades or, or things to do with families and your kids or your dates or your girlfriends while walking up and down the eight blocks? Will the redevelopment and housing authority building be open after hours? Just I'm, I'm befuddled. And we'll talk about it on today's show. I'm going to talk about Fashion Square Mall. New restaurants are opening in Fashion Square Mall. That's something else I find. What's the word I'm looking for? Baffling. Baffling. Thank you. Perfectly said, Judah. Baffling. New restaurants yeah. opening on the, in Fashion Square Mall. The new restaurant is Tolia African Cuisine. In the mall. How, how feasible is that? What is the feasibility of success for someone spending their hard-earned money to open a restaurant in a mall that is an afterthought when there are vacant storefronts and high-traffic districts everywhere in city in the city in Alamo County? Mm-hmm. I mean, is, is is the mall giving away the restaurant at a dollar a square foot? Two dollars a square. I mean, it, I hope to God it's an incredible deal. We'll talk about that on today's show. I want to talk Disayuna con Gomez. Judah Wickhauer himself has a restaurant review. You want to give him a tease on that? Uh,
1: I mean, it's hardly a surprise if anybody who's everybody who's been to uh, Tacos Gomez, the food truck, knows that uh, they have they always have quality food. Consistent. Yeah, consistently delicious food, and uh, and they're and they're. The kindest people as well. And your experience? Uh,
0: It completely holds up to uh, the quality of the food truck. Wow. Fantastic review. I can't wait to hear what you had. Did you take any photos? Uh, I didn't take any photos. Okay. I cannot wait to... John Blair, welcome to the show. I cannot wait to hear your review. Pretty much across the street, right, of their food truck? Yeah, right across the street. Kind of kitty corner, Um, but yeah. Yeah. Right there. All right. Um, Sean Tubbs, the lead of the story from the Charlottesville Community Substack. If you're not supporting Sean Tubbs, guys, you're doing a disservice to this community because Sean Tubbs is is covering the type of news that needs to be covered through his Substack. And I awoke on, I think he posted this on Sunday, um, to news that I was just surprised about. The Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority Board of Commissioners, Sean Tubbs reports... is going to meet at 6 p.m. The meeting is not listed on their online calendar, nor are the materials posted on their website. This meeting was postponed to the 5th Monday due to the city council meeting on the 4th Monday due to a snowstorm the week before Sean Tubbs reports. The board is going to go into closed, closed session to discuss the sale and purchase of property. The Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority is about to acquire 310 and 312 East Main Street an office building known as the Milgram is that what I, how I would say that Milgram Center uh, built see. in 1916 that last sold for 1.9 million this was the home of the old Vita Nova Pizzeria This at one time was home to Silverchair before they expanded next door to the hardware store building. This was in the basement they had Henry's Restaurant, run by a fantastic family. According to the Charlottesville GIS, the gross square feet of this building is 17,895 square feet. And the purchase price is 15% below the 2023 assessment of $3,129,000. Deep Throat's got the number we're looking for. Thank you, Deep Throat. God, he's effing good. Can you put his photo on screen? Number one in the Power Poll. Number two in the Power Poll, John Blair offering some perspective, which I will get to as well. He says, Jerry and Judah, it looks like just under 100 parcels on the downtown mall. And I'm using all East Main parcels and West Main parcels with a 200 block or lower address from the GIS.
1: Hmm.
0: What a, a, a housing authority buying a building on the top commerce dining... Music, an omni-experiential district in a 10.2-square-mile city. I'm going to ask everyone watching this program a sincere question. What is the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority? Judah, what is your answer to that question? Not trying to put you on the spot. Frankly speaking, it wasn't until (laughs) I started taking a really deep dive on this show that I knew what it was.
1: I mean, my guess would be that they have something to do with,
0: uh, with low-income housing, uh, helping people get into places. I don't know. A resident cent- CRHA is a resident center. This is from their website. A resident-centered organization committed to excellence in providing affordable quality housing, revitalizing communities, supporting resident involvement, and promoting upward mobility and self-sufficiency through partnerships in the public and private sector. Their commissioners and management team the chair of the board is Dr. Wes Bellamy, the former city councilor. The vice chair is Miss Bridget Wicks. The treasurer, Laura Goldblatt. Judy Sandridge, one of the commissioners. Javier Radulas, one of the commissioners. Michael Payne on the board, city councilor, two time city councilor. Alice Washington. The CRA management team, Mr. John Sales, the executive director, is it Sales? Is it Salas? I hope I'm not mispronouncing his last name. Kathleen Glenn Matthews, the Deputy Executive Director. Sharon Payne, the Director of Finance. This is the same CRHA that's on the cusp of selling two buildings to the city. You have the photos of the two buildings. Is it the two buildings that you have in our photo library? The one that was the old community bikes and the Google Map that you can put on screen? Do you just have the Avon building it's considering selling or both the Avon and Levy building?
1: uh just the let's see if i even still have it um i've got the just the frontage uh, of both the building, or one
0: or the avon one uh, you can only see the one on avon okay so in a one week period of time maybe i'll i'll be conservative and say a 10-day period of time the crha has been significantly in the news cycle first in the news cycle roughly 10 days ago, do you put those photos on screen of Avon? And then the Google Maps, if you can. Mm -hmm. CRHA is the talk, it's reality, selling two buildings on Avon and Levy. The Avon one is the most recognizable one, the home of community bikes, the nonprofit that provides bikes to kids and adults to the city of Charlottesville for $4 million. Sam Sanders is pushing this through the city manager. The $4 million is money from the American, from money from the federal government allocated to Charlottesville during COVID, yep. the American Rescue Fund. Money the city did not use to stimulate the economy during the pandemic. Instead, they just put it in an, in an account, accruing very little interest, as opposed to putting the money on the street to help small business during a pandemic. Instead of losing the money because they hadn't spent it, the city is going to take the money and shuffle, shuffle it from one coffer, city coffer, to the CRHA coffer. It's going to take two buildings from CRHA ownership and put it into city ownership. And the talk was a homeless shelter in Tony prestigious, affluent Belmont. Belmontonians pushed back on a homeless shelter Sam Sanders then trickled his commentary back and said, all right, it might not be a a homeless shelter. It's going to be buildings used to provide valuable resources to the homeless, but we're not sure what those valuable resources are yet. Hmm. Everything we're hearing, and what we hear is, I mean, the track record is there, is it's going to be a shelter. It's going to offer shelter services, among other things. The $4 million goes from the city the CRHA, now the city is gonna take over ownership of these two buildings, take it off the tax rolls. Was it, granted, probably wasn't really on the tax rolls with CRHA owning it. More concerning, have the cost of maintaining and staffing the buildings and the shelter and homeless services provided, which are obviously gonna be funded by your tax dollars, Judas tax dollars, and my tax dollars. The next bit of news with CRHA is the purchase of one of 100 units on the downtown mall, one of 100 buildings on the downtown mall. And I'm going to ask a very straightforward question. It may ruffle some feathers, but it's commentary and and a question that should be asked regardless, right? I think this is a fair question, Judah. You hold me accountable on this talk show all the time. Is a redevelopment and housing authority... the proper fit for 1% of the downtown mall? Is that a fair question? Yeah,
1: I think that's a fair question. Um, I think it's also good to look at, uh, I mean, how many, how many spaces are, is anybody looking at that space? It's been on the
0: market for an extended period of time, for and, sale.
1: And do you think anybody is going to move in there? I mean, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe they're taking up a spot that wasn't ever going to, uh, to be a home for for a restaurant or you know,
0: a shop. But uh, it's still a decent question. John Blair, number two in the family, put his photo on screen. It says, Jerry and Judah, I think a fundamental question is this. What is the city's planning and development vision for the downtown mall over the next 20 years? Is yeah. it housing? Is it experiential dining? Is it experiential dining destination? Or is it office buildings? I think that's a great question. Great question. This commentary provided by Deep Throat. Take a look at 310 and 312 East Main. There is simply no way that this could be housing. It is 25 feet wide. It is 220 feet long. It has windows only on the front and back, so most of the floor space is windowless and a great distance from an egress of any kind. This is simply unusable as living space under any reasonable safety health regime. It's not even clear how you make these decent office spaces. Twenty-five foot wide floor plate where like two-thirds of it is not within shouting distance of a window. What the F do you do for this? what the F do you do with this?
1: Here's the picture.
0: You have Judas put the picture on screen of what CRHA is buying. Gloria Gibb watching the program. Gloria, I think that's on your end. Other folks are saying the, uh, the sound is good. Let me, let me respond that to her here. Interestingly, there's someone who may know buildings like this very well. And that is yours Truly. I am the largest owner in the Macklin building on Market Street. The Macklin building only has windows on the front of the building and only windows on the back of the building. Mm -hmm. The Macklin building also has an elevator as does the CRHA purchase on the downtown mall. The Macklin building is a condo building with commercial on the first and second floor and residential on the third floor. All this you can find on the GIS. The units on the third floor, residential, unless you're on the front or the back, have some natural light, some natural light. Skylights are... Skylights are, skylights are utilized to bring natural light in. On the first and second floor, there are numerous units that have no windows. They're interior units only. I own one of those on the second floor, interior unit only. An old dentist office that I converted into executive office space and took a dentist space for Dr. Benegal Page, a, a dentist institution in Charlottesville, and now it's six office spaces Gloria, no one else, um, I, 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 hope you, I hope you resolve this. Others are not having an, uh, this issue, respectfully. But I appreciate you very much for watching and listening to the show. Vanessa Parkhill's photo should be on screen. She says, maybe the first question we should be asking is, why didn't the city spend the money on economic development and COVID closure related to support for the community? I think that's a great question. I think that's what I've been trying to emphasize was it the ARCA money? Is that the acronym? The American Rescue Act? Um, I can check. Why wasn't the money spent during COVID that the money is spending now shuffling to CRHA? Why wasn't that money spent during the pandemic to help small business? It's a fantastic question. CRHA, Bill McChesney, get his photo on screen. Ask, where are their offices right now? Well, let's go to their website. Still on their website, it says, Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the CRAHA rental office is closed to the public. Probably should update that language on the website. No doubt. They have a P.O. box listed and phone numbers for maintenance and a main phone line only. And they've removed all location address information and says the housing, the office is closed because of COVID. Is, is COVID over? I believe it has been for a little while. Can, can I say it's over or, or am I going to have some folks berate me for saying that? Uh, probably both. (laughs) Thank you. So you're saying either way.
1: Is that what you're saying? I think most of us believe it's over, or at least uh, until some serious reassessment of
0: of the news. According to its website, there is no location. Bill McChesney. Is it an opportunity for CRHA to... To build a branding position. That could be it. One of the reasons I love Seaville, where we're at now on Market Street, I previously had our headquarters and the, the first stages of our podcasting studio on the second floor. What a great office on the second floor. Two balconies and two windowed offices, including one corner office that I called my own, overlooking Market Street, overlooking the Enterprise Center, overlooking Morgan Stanley. QIM was across the street at the time. It was a great spot. It was quiet. It was, it was remote. It was safe. It was on the second floor but I made a strategic decision of purchasing this storefront in the Macklin building from former head UVA athletic trainer Joe Geek in a negotiated seller finance deal. The reason I made that purchase was I wanted the visibility of I Love Sevo on the storefront with 10,000 cars driving by it every day, and it raised our visibility tremendously. We've been here seven, eight years since I made the deal with Joe Geek. Is it a perfect place for a podcasting studio? No. You guys have heard it. When the police or the fire trucks or the ambulances go by, you can hear the sirens on the microphones. If, a, if there's loud noise out there, you can hear it on the microphones. Was the previous location on the second floor quieter? Absolutely. But it lacked the brand visibility that a, a signage on a storefront with 10,000 cars going by offers. So I weighed the scales of justice and I made the strategic decision of buying the storefront and coming down here for the enhanced visibility. Is this a marketing play for CRHA? Put the brand in the most visible place possible, downtown mall? Could be a way to get more more visibility in the city. Is that the play? I don't know. And to John Blair's point, What do we want downtown to be over the next 20 years? Yeah. Do we want downtown Charlottesville over the next 20 years to be office buildings? Do we want downtown mall to continue being restaurants and retail and music? Or do we want the downtown mall to convert into a hub for government-controlled and government-managed buildings? You start getting too many government-managed entities on the downtown mall. What's going to happen? Genuine question for you, Judah. I think it changes the um,
1: changes the. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, The The profile. Yeah, the face, the profile of the downtown mall. I think, uh, depending on how much real estate space they take up, um, I mean, you've already got the the big block of the eyesore building um the dewberry yeah i mean certain things are obviously never going to change we're not going to lose the <clears throat> the paramount we're not going to no one's going to tear down the uh um the pavilion but at some point i think you get uh, diminishing returns and and i think that hurts the businesses that uh, are legitimately here for you know as businesses and not, as, uh,
0: and not as government entities. James Watson's got a comment that's a good one. I'm going to get to it in a matter of moments. Ginny, who's in the lead slot? James Watson on deck. Ginny, who's photo on screen if you could, please, sir? Let me know when that's at, on screen. Ginny, who's on screen? Yep. One of the key members of our family. She says, of course that money could have been used to help businesses on the downtown mall survive and thrive during COVID. And she also says, how are they going to get more visibility if there aren't businesses to bring people downtown?
1: Yeah.
0: Her comment is a perfect compliment to James Watson's comment. I'll repeat Ginny who's comment. This is how I feel. How are they going to get more visibility? CRHA with this purchase. If there are not businesses to bring people downtown, James counters, Ginny Who's comment by saying this, why are we so bothered by the CRHA purchase? It will bring vibrancy to a vacant building with little interest from investors nowadays. It's near public transportation and close to many people that the organization serves. It's also great marketing because everybody will be aware of their presence. How would you respond to that, j I'd say those are good points. Um Jenny's like comment like, and James's comment mm-hmm. are contradicting comments with each other.
1: Yeah. Uh they're but I don't think they're necessarily uh I don't think they I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I think you can have both. I mean, like I said, we don't really know what uh we don't really know what they're going to do with it. We don't know if anybody was ever going to use that building. Um, I think it's better that something inhabits it. Uh, if, if it's not going to get uh, businesses that are you know genuinely there for the business, um, and I think it is good if they do want to brand the company, brand the C the CHRA, and uh, and. Keep it in uh, the front of our minds, um, but I think it depends. And I and I think uh, John's what John said about uh, what do we want the the face of
0: the what the do we want the downtown ball to be in the next twenty years? Yeah. What do we want the downtown, I sincerely have that question for you viewers and listeners. What do we want the downtown mall to be in the next 20 years? Janice Boyce Trevilian, I'm going to get to your comments. Have her photo ready to go. Carol Thorpe, I'm going to get to your comments. Two media outlets watching us on the program right now. Deep Throat, I'm going to get to your comments. Deep Throat's responding to James Watson here in a matter of moments. Show's on fire right now. We just want to be the water cooler of discussion. That's it. What do we want the mall to be in the the next 20 years? Can I say this straightforwardly? Hold me accountable, please. The mall currently right now is underperforming from what we knew what it was prior to COVID. Yeah. Is that safe to say? Yeah, without a doubt. The mall currently right now has as many vacancies as you and I have seen since our time in Charlottesville, I've been here 23, almost 24 years. How long have you been here? A long time as well. Yeah, roughly just under that. So two decades for you, 24 years for me. The mall has more vacancies than we've ever seen in our time in Charlottesville. Would you say that's fair?
1: Yeah, and I think there are a lot of them that even if they're not vacant, they're, they've got reduced hours, and so it may, it may appear that way at times. Uh, you know, you walk by and restaurants are closed at three, um so it's it's definitely changing how you know
0: changing what you can do on the downtown mall uh depending on the time that you're there. What do you want your vision to be of downtown of the downtown mall in the next 20 years? You will still be God willing both of us alive then. Genuine Amen. question for you. Uh, I mean I I
1: have a hard time uh not uh judging things based on my experiences in uh in Savannah, Georgia. And <clears throat> they've got a they've got a strip that's a lot like our downtown mall as well as River Road, which is our downtown mall on steroids. And I would love to see it like that. Um shops and restaurants is uh you know, offices are, I think, just kind of, they're almost like a blank spot on the downtown mall.
0: Judah, you're on point today. Let's go to Janice Boyce-Trevillian. Janice Boyce-Trevillian in the power rankings is, and she's climbing, and she's climbing quickly, number 17 in the power polls. You get her photo on screen? Yep. Lisa Costello, I'm going to get to your photo. Philip Dow, or your comment, Lisa Costello. Philip Dow, Olivia Branch. I'm going to get to your commentary. Janice Boyce-Trevillian, and then I'm going to get to Deep Throat responding to James Watson. Janice boyce Trevilian says they hold on to COVID funds and charge more taxes and watch businesses close. That doesn't make sense. I think they just want to change that whole area. Who decides where the money should be shuffled to? How about school safety and bus drivers? Respect on the comment. This comment from Deep Throat, To James Watson, I think James would be right if the seller just threw in the towel, realized no private owner wanted it, and sold it for like 50% of assessed value. It's way less convincing at $2,600,000. Also, it is not clear why CRHA needs to raise its profile. It is not advertising anything. It is giving away subsidized housing. You don't need to have a huge brand strategy to give away 1,500 a month apartments for $500 a month. Furthermore, he says, CRHA should have its office near where its clients are. Seems like that would be closer to their actual properties, not on the downtown mall. He says, Friendship Court is closest to the mall, but if I understand it correctly, the redevelopment to Kindlewood has put this in PHA's hands, and it is no longer in CRHA's hands to manage. I'm not 100% sure of that, but I strongly think so. Good comments right there. Lisa Custolo says this, CRHA appears, and let's get Lisa Custolo's photo on screen, please. Lisa Custolo, key member of our family, number 24 in the power poll. CRHA appears it is acting as a private investor, but with the, but with the possession of our tax dollars. Lisa Cuscelo says it appears CRHA is competing with the real estate market. How much is CRHA supposed to be involved in the real estate market? Philip Dow, his photo on screen. It's obvious that we want them all to be a friendly public and small business environment spot. This is all on Sean Tubbs' reporting on a Charlottesville community sub stack. He does a great job, Sean, Sean Tubbs. Please support him. I see the argument that the building has been for sale for an extended period of time, so having any kind of bodies or humans in the building is better than its current state, which is an empty building. Yeah. But I also see the argument, Judah, that having a housing authority purchase the building. I mean, the housing authority purchased the building. Does the housing authority, this is a fair question for the viewers and listeners. It's a fair question, the people that know this extremely well. Neil Williamson, John, Deep Throat, key members of our family. With CRHA purchasing this building, does it then take it off the tax rolls? That's a good question. Serious question for the the men I just mentioned here. If CRHA purchase this building, which Sean Tubbs is reporting that they're gonna purchase, and Sean Tubbs has got this on the lock, does it take it off the tax rolls? If it takes it off the tax rolls, doesn't that increase the tax burden for citizens? Is CRHA using taxpayer resources to purchase the building? If it is using taxpayer resources to purchase the building, what could that tax money have gone to that could have been spent in a better way? Another question for you. Managing and maintaining a building, and dude, I know firsthand here with the Macklin building. Yeah. Managing and maintaining a building is effing costly. That elevator in that building is old. Elevator, soup to nuts, replacement. You're talking 150 G's. Flat roofs. Cleaning, electric. Stuff breaks. Mm -hmm. It's expensive. Where's that money going to come from to maintain the building? All questions we should be asking as taxpayers. And... Perhaps the most important question is What is the opportunity cost of a redevelopment and housing authority buying a building in the premier dining, shopping, music, and entertainment district in a very small city? Vanessa Parkhill, where does CRHA get its money to operate? 100% city tax funded? deep throat every property crha owns in the city is listed as tax exempt so i assume this would be one as well yeah this is this is this is akin this is worse than the university of virginia buying a building in some capacities want to know why go ahead when the university of virginia buys a building what does it do it takes it off the tax rolls right but uva pays to maintain it yeah. They pay if the elevator breaks, it needs to be replaced. Mm-hmm. If there's foundational issues, if there's electrical issues, if there's plumbing issues, window issues, any kind of issues, the university is paying for it. Yeah. CRHA is getting that money from from us. If the property is off the tax rolls and something goes wrong with it, do we also pay to fix it? There. There. That's why we have to ask ourselves if the city spending $4 million with CRHA to buy a building on Avon and a building on Levy to turn it into a homeless shelter in Tony Belmont and then having to staff it and maintain them moving forward, is that a good use of taxpayer resources? Because when they maintain those buildings, who's paying for it? On the other side of things, though, if they're buying a building,
1: does it matter where they buy it? They're going to take it off the, off the tax rolls. I don't follow. Well, I, I agree with what you're saying, but if they're planning on buying a building anyway, wherever they buy the building, that building is coming off the tax rolls, correct?
0: If the city buys a building.
1: If CRHA is buying a building, uh, whether
0: it's that one. But they could rent. Fair enough. They don't have to purchase. Okay, fair enough. They could just rent it from a private owner. Right. And the private owner is still paying the taxes on it. Yeah. By buying, it legitimately cannibalizes a $2.7 million tax roll. Yeah. Those are good points. Carol Thorpe, her photo on screen, please. Queen of Jack Jewett, she's watching the program. Carol Thorpe is, what's your ranking, Carol? You're a key member of this family. Number nine in the power polls for Carol Thorpe. As I attempted to allude, Carol Thorpe says, when I first raised the issue of the off designation spending of excessive COVID funds following the pandemic, followed the political trail. The millions of dollars were funneled from a democratic president and administration through to Democrat controlled state and city governments as a small part of the greater effort of wealth distribution. She also says, understand that this phenomenon of millions unspent COVID monies in largely democratic cities is not limited to Charlottesville. It is happening all over America. Kelly Jackson, how will this affect the value of homes in the area and will people still want to go to all the restaurants close by at night? It's a damn good question. Kelly Jackson's photo on screen, number eight in the family, put her photo on screen. It's a damn good question. I, I raised this question about the, and, and Jim Hingley, who watches this program, Jim Hingley needs a ranking. We need to get Jim Hingley in the poll. He watches the program. He routinely offers great commentary. Mr. Hingley, if you're watching the program right now, I respect your, your commentary tremendously on the show. He made the comment of, of um, I believe it was the, was it the shelter in Fifeville? In fact, I can look at my text. I can read my text so I make sure I'm getting it 100% correct. Ridge Street and Fifeville have $500,000 plus homes close to the Salvation Army, a 58-bed shelter. That shelter has been there for decades while values in that neighborhood have gone up. So he's making a very convincing argument that the Salvation Army in Ridge Street and in Fifeville have not impacted the values with the shelter being next to homes. I made the argument last week that if a shelter opens in Avon and Levy and in Belmont, that the home values will be impacted in Belmont. I think the difference, and I wish he was watching the program so he can offer some commentary here, the difference is this. The homeless shelter opening on Avon and Levy, the prices of Belmont are already sky high. The Salvation Army opening on Ridge Street and Fifeville, Rich Street and Fifeville were gentrifying neighborhoods, so the price points of those units were not sky high. They were destined to go up because it was one of the last affordable pockets in the city, Rich Street and Fifeville. Yep. Belmont is not affordable. Belmont's six, what, what would you say the entry point for Belmont? $500,000 conservatively, and that's probably a teardown, going mm-hmm. all the way north of a million. I mean, Karen Kehoe's got a teardown on Chesapeake right now for half a million dollars. Certainly goes over a million. I would say that having a homeless shelter on Avon and Levy is going to, in some capacity, and this is a conservative statement, diminish the buyer demand for the homes around the shelter in some capacity. Is that fair to say? It's probably fair to say. Right? Right. KJ, great comment right there. She says, I would not buy a house close by to the shelter. It's a mom speaking. Janice Boyce Trevilian, I don't know if those commissioners are being paid. James Watson said, what would you put in a building that size in a zoom town I mean I have 29 executive offices Lisa Costello Is CRHA increasing the gap between haves and have-nots in Charlottesville? Those in CRHA units are, by necessity, low-income. CRHA expanding means more low-income people and remaining private units increase in rates. So either very low-income or very high-income. We are losing middle-class Charlottesville. Here's a fair question. Here's a fair question. You ready for this one? Yeah. CRHA, the 2.65 million, 265, two $2,650,000,000. was that $2,650,000 better spent building $2,650,000 divided by $400,000? let us say they get some subsidies. I'm sure they have the opportunity to get some subsidies. Let's just call it 400. Was that better spent building seven $400,000 houses? How about apartments? divided by $250,000, was that better spent building 11 apartments or acquiring 11 apartments as opposed to building, doing whatever they're going to do on the downtown mall? It can't be housing.
1: Right. Has there ever been housing on, I mean, besides some of the.
0: uh There's housing on the downtown mall. They're usually... There's apartments on the downtown mall. There's penthouses on the downtown mall. Yeah. penthouses on the third floor of this building. Right. But not like entire buildings that are housing. No. Normally, it's uh, mixed use. Yeah. With retail and commerce on the first floor and housing above it. Right. Many of the buildings have housing above it. Yeah. If it's a redevelopment and housing authority, isn't its primary goal to do redevelop- redevelopment and housing? Is the primary goal of a redevelopment and housing authority to buy one of 100 buildings on the downtown mall for $2.65 million? That's a good question. Should we, shouldn't, shouldn't we be asking that question? I think we should be asking what they plan to do with it
1: and whether it's worth the money that they're spending.
0: You'll see this in the news tonight. Ginny Hu says, I believe Jim's point was also that the Salvation Army has a positive branding image that people have faith in and trust. 100%. Albert Graves says the same thing with Jim Hensley. I'm going to retweet both of these. I'm going to retweet uh, Albert Graves and Ginny Hu. Let's get Albert Graves' photo on screen, please. Number 10 in the power pool. Today we've had number one comment, Deep Throat. Number two comment, John Blair. Number four, Ginny Thompson. Number five, James Watson. Number six, Vanessa Parkhill. Number eight, Kelly Jackson. Number nine, Carol Thorpe. Number 10, Albert Graves. Oh, and I can't forget the other comments that are coming in. I'm going to get to in a matter of moments. I completely need to reiterate what Ginny and Albert have said. The Salvation Army is a worldwide brand, Albert Graves says. What's the brand of the new homeless shelter? And Ginny says, I believe Jim Hingley's point was also the Salvation Army has a positive branding image that people have faith and trust in. The one that Charlottesville is going to do on Avon and Levy, what is the brand going to be? The -hmm. Charlottesville homeless shelter? Charlottesville City Hall homeless shelter? Local government in the homeless shelter business? What's the positive branding image of that? All right. Olivia Branch, when she comments, I got to read it. I just got to find it. The coming comments are coming in fast and furious. And we got to talk Fashion Square Mall. And Judah, we got to talk your uh, restaurant review. What do you got? What are you uh, looking up there?
1: I'm uh, just taking some of the house prices around uh, around the area of the Levy, Levy and uh, and Avon potential purchase. And what'd you find? Uh, some of the places <clears throat> very close to it, um, I saw a mix between about four hundred and twenty to seven hundred. Uh, depending on how much you believe in the uh, in
0: Zillow, four hundred twenty to seven hundred. I yeah. I'd be shocked for you to find a four hundred twenty thousand dollar house that isn't a teardown.
1: It was a smaller house, so uh,
0: that may account for it. Four hundred twenty thousand in Belmont. I would be shocked to see if the livable conditions of that one.
1: Remember, we are talking about on the other
0: side of Avon. No, I get that, and I understand why you're emphasizing that. You're saying it's not exactly Belmont proper, is that's, that's why you're emphasizing that, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: I was just taking a look at some of the prices of the yeah the places across the street from, as you said, Belmont
0: proper. And and, and I would I would I I give you some props on that. It's not the heartbeat of Belmont, but I would still characterize that as the Belmont neighborhood, wouldn't you? Sure. We'll, we'll, you know, just sincerely mean that. What, what else? How else would we be able to characterize it?
1: I mean, it is, but I think Avon is a pretty large uh, divide.
0: <clears throat> no, 100%. 100% it's a large divide. I, I, I totally agree with you. Like, for instance, once you get on the other side of 250, are you really in the Park Locust neighborhood? Yeah. Right? Right. Like, once you cross that bridge, mm-hmm. 250 you're going to see a massive drop in price points. Yeah.
1: And if you head down, like, say, Hinton is right around the corner. Uh, and Hinton's great. Yeah. But that block from Avon to 6th Street basically basically uh, points downhill directly towards uh, Friendship Court. Or uh, um, what are they calling it now? Uh, Kindlewood. Yeah, Kindlewood. And... That may have some effect on the, uh, on the tone of the neighborhood as well.
0: You're on point today. Olivia Branch, I can't find your comment. I wish I could. I wanted to read it. She was talking about what her uh, comments are coming in fast and furious, what her vision is for the downtown mall. Mm-hmm. Kelly said, I would like to see money going to mental, help, mental uh, health and drug and alcohol help, more resources, more resources for the unhoused, as opposed to them getting into the real estate purchase game.
1: Yeah. I think we've I think we've discussed in the past uh, the problem with building for the houseless. Not that we don't want to support them and give them a place to sleep, uh, but at what point do uh You
0: become an epicenter, a magnet.
1: Yeah. People say, "Oh, Charlottesville's building housing for the homeless." And that brings in the possibility of more and more and more.
0: It's like what's happened with San Francisco. In San Francisco, if, if, if you basically tell the entire world mm-hmm. that we're not going to do anything at all from a policing or accountability, you're going to help, help me put these words into perspective. Please. When I, you know exactly what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, I mean it's similar to saying you're not gonna you're not gonna arrest people if they steal less than five hundred dollars. Yeah, at great. A store. The
0: number seven hundred bucks. So uh, let's just, steal six hundred seventy-five dollars. Everybody out there, just make sure you
1: just make sure you keep your uh, your theft your theft down below a certain amount. It's there. It is. God, you're doing great today. There it is. And I and I agree with the uh, was the last statement from um, from was it Kelly? Yeah, uh, I agree that I'd rather you know I think that money would be better spent uh, on on facilities to help uh, transition them out of houselessness. Hand up instead of a handout. Yeah, we want you know we want to help them, but at some point you say look, we can't just build and build and build and build housing. We need to, we need to give them a hand up and get them out of that position uh, so that we don't need the housing.
0: Oh, man. Philip Dow, Seville's already become San Francisco. I don't know about that. Jennifer, who's watching in Belmont, The comparisons to San Francisco are applicable. Deep throat. This is San Francisco, allow homelessness to fester and your mall goes from being full to being 75% empty and worth 25 million. San Francisco, a billion dollars to being 75% empty and worth 250 million. Have you, fo- as if you guys follow the commercial real estate, and this is, you don't even have to be an insider to follow this. With the commercial real estate trends in San Francisco, the buildings are trading for pennies on the dollar. Building owners are just giving the keys back to banks to lenders. All right, it's one twenty-eight. We have other topics we need to get to today. Bring up the Fashion Square Mall topic, if you could. Set the stage. Uh, there's
1: a uh, there's a new restaurant in the downtown mall. Uh, Fashion Square Mall. Fashion Square Mall. Uh, Tolia uh, Tolia African Cuisine, and uh, I you know I wish them nothing but success. Uh, they've I've seen. We wish them all nothing but success. Yeah, I've seen some, I've seen some reviews, and people say their food is, is fantastic, but I wonder about the feasibility of starting a business in the downtown mall. I mean, the, uh, the downtown mall website uh, directory is... The Fashion Square Mall. Fashion, fashion Square, Square what I, Mall. What do I call it? Downtown, downtown mall. mall. The Fashion Square Mall website is, looks like it hasn't been updated in... Quite a while.
0: Whoever's managing the website of the CRHA website, whoever's managing the website, CRHA, that says they don't currently have an office, it's closed because of COVID, might be managing the website for Fashion Square Mall that has a directory that's... Still listing Red Lobster? Still listing Red Lobster and businesses that are not actively there and, and forgetting to list the businesses that are paying them rent and are currently trying to keep their lights on.
1: Yeah, and I wonder, I mean, I, how, much, how, much do you, how much the money that you pay in rent for the, the Fashion Square Mall is, <clears throat> is with the expectation that the Fashion Square Mall will
0: be bringing people in? A portion. You know what that's called? That's part of your CAM, your CAM charges. Common area maintenance. Part of CAM and common area maintenance is having up-to-date signage and up-to-date signage is digital signage as well, which you can make a legitimate argument is more important than actual signage because more people are utilizing the internet than seeing a tiny sign inside Fashion Square Mall that lists the vendors in the mall. Right. 100%, great point, Judah Wickhauer. So
1: if the Fashion Square Mall isn't doing any advertising, they're not updating their website, I mean, I I can't even remember the last time I went Actually, into the Fashion Square Mall. I've been to. It's I've, been at
0: least a decade for me.
1: I've been to Red Robin, uh, which you don't even have to. Red enter, Robin. You don't have to enter the mall to Yum. get into, but that too is going to be closing soon, if it hasn't already. And so I, you know, I, I really hope that they are getting a great deal, and and I hope that uh, people that hear about them go and try them out.
0: And, and what's curious to me is that there's a lot of opportunity to position restaurants elsewhere.
1: We were, we're just talking about uh, open spaces on the downtown mall. That's
0: what's curious to me. So it must be either a fantastic deal. I hope it's not poor decision-making. But I just don't see the how, the feasibility of success, how would you characterize it? I mean, I would
1: love to see numbers for how many people are going through the, uh, the Fashion Square mall on a daily basis. Uh, but anybody that's been there can attest to the fact that uh, five, ten years ago, you'd go and see, you know, packed. I would <clears throat> say more than ten years ago. Packed, uh, well, food court. No, no, no. I, I'm talking about the uh, uh the parking lot, it's just rows and rows and rows of, of cars all parked. Sometimes you had to search long and and uh, wide for a, uh, for a good parking spot, and now they're, ba- I mean, you've you basically got one section of a gigantic parking lot that uh, is pretty much the only place that you're gonna see many
0: cars, devil's advocate. If you're launching, would you go Farmer's Market or Fashion Square Mall? If you're what? If you're launching a food and beverage business, a restaurant, where would you have greater feasibility or long-term success? Doing the three to five Farmer's Markets a week or Fashion Square Mall? Uh, I think visibility-wise,
1: definitely the uh, the farmers markets. I 100% agree. I would I, if I had the manpower,
0: I I'd, I'd try to do both, but uh, that's that would be difficult, especially just launching. I 100% agree with your last statement though. The 3 to 5 farmers markets that charge you minuscule amounts to for a stall are going to give you way more brand visibility than being 24/7 365. In a, in a restaurant space in the food court of Fashion Square Mall. Yeah. And we've seen many restaurants birth from the from the farmers markets.
1: I may have to go to the Fashion Square Mall and check things out. All right, right.
0: Judah's going to go. When when tell the viewers and listeners, are you willing to go this week? Yeah, I think I can probably make it this week. Go check it out. Let us know what you what you find. Photos and notes would be amazing. And that's a perfect segue into your restaurant review? Um, well, I've pretty
1: much given some of it. Uh, it was, it's, a great, it's a great place. Um, same, same wonderful people and uh, same amazing food. It's a delicious spot. I hope that they are successful enough that they can stay open later. Did you
0: say the name of the, the business for those that are just tuning in?
1: Desayuna con Gomez, uh, sister restaurant to the uh, Tacos Tacos Gomez Gomez food truck. What'd you order? Uh, I got the uh, breakfast burrito. Was it delicious? How much was it? Uh, It was cheap. It was. uh, It was like I think five dollars before tax.
0: That's extremely affordable.
1: Yeah. Was it large? It was decent sized. What was in the breakfast burrito? Uh, it's got uh, eggs, cheese, and you've got a choice of, um, let's see, I think it was ham and hot dog and chorizo. I got the chorizo. I can't imagine getting hot dog in a, uh, <laughs> in a uh, breakfast burrito. But uh, it, was, it was wonderful. I'll definitely, I'll
0: definitely go back. Great breakfast spot. There you go. Good review. I'm going to try it out. We're going to try it out based on your suggestion, Judah Uh, Last topic of the show, don't look down. The Virginia men's basketball team is on a win streak, a four-game win streak. We'll talk about this on Tuesday's edition of the Jerry and Jerry Show with Virginia Sports Hall of Famer Jerry Hoody-Rackliffe, Tuesdays at 10:15 a.m. right here on the I Love Seville Network. He is the publisher of JerryRackliffe.com. We're on his website every single day. Just two weeks ago, folks were calling for Coach Tony Bennett's head and asking the question, will this man's system work in college basketball in the new era of college sports that's tied to -to pay-to-play, name, image, and likeness, NIL? And four games later, Virginia basketball is riding a four-game winning streak with a potential rematch against Notre Dame at the John Paul Jones Arena this Wednesday at 7 o'clock. The Hoos are in a firm grasp of their destiny, a destiny that could include the ACC Tournament Championship and an NCAA Tournament invitation. Four-game winning streak cures all, and it silences naysayers. And that's exactly what Tony Bennett and Virginia men's basketball have done. Notre Dame hammered Virginia and South Bend. And now the Wahoos have an excellent opportunity to get a little bit of revenge and to take this winning streak to five as we head into the meat and potatoes portion of the 2023-2024 ACC regular season schedule. I'm looking at the schedule right now, and ladies and gentlemen, the Wahoos are in a very good position to finish in second place. North Carolina is 9-0. They have yet to lose a conference game, number three in the country. Duke is 6-2 in conference play. UVA is 6-3 in conference play. The Wahoos are a half a game back from the Duke Blue Devils, who are seven in the power pools in the national rankings. Tony Bennett is a Hall of Fame coach, and we should never doubt this man. Put the man's name on the court and give him an opportunity to take the season from start to finish before you start questioning the pack line defense, you start questioning his management of the transfer portal, and you start questioning if the game has gone beyond him. It has not. TJ Minor, Jordan Minor, excuse me, Jordan Minor and Dante Harris give this team a different dynamic and Ryan Dunn is starting to play some NBA lottery pick basketball. Very pumped for this. That's the Monday edition of the I Love Seville Show. Judah Wickhauer hit a grand slam today. My name is Jerry Miller. Thank you kindly for joining us tomorrow, ten fifteen a.m., the Jerry and Jerry Show with Jerry Hoody-Rackliffe. So long, everybody.